Welcome to Hot Topics in Kidney Health, brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation. Each episode, we highlight the latest in kidney research, bring you up-to-date news in kidney care, dispel myths, and answer your kidney health questions. Make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to help more people with kidney disease discover us. We really appreciate it. Have you heard the term superfoods floating around and wondered what they are or if they have special qualities? If so, you'll love this episode with board-certified renal dietitian Jen Hernandez. She's here to break it down and provide nutrition tips that you can start using today. So my name is Marlena Chesner. I use they, them pronouns. I'm the digital content development manager here at NKF. I'm really excited for today's discussion. So Jen, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, Marlena. Hey, everybody. Uh, Yeah. My name is Jen Hernandez. I am a renal dietitian. So I'm a registered dietitian and I'm also board certified in real nutrition. I've been a dietitian for about 10 years now and almost all of my dietetic career has been revolved around helping people with chronic kidney disease, whether it's in those early stages or even through dialysis and transplant. So just all across the, the spectrum of CKD and my biggest passion is uh, basically helping people protect their kidney function at whatever stage or situation they're at, because there's always something that can be done, even for people that are on dialysis and feel like there's nothing to do. There's definitely ways that we can improve your health overall with good diet and nutrition. And uh, the majority of where I do my teaching is at plantpoweredkidneys.com. So you can definitely go to our website there, learn even more about me and see all of the free content that we have for kidney patients. Thank you so much for being here today. So a lot of people think that superfoods have like special, even magical qualities. And we know that some food is more nutritious than others, but I would imagine no food is magic. So do superfoods actually exist in that context? Well, the term superfood has definitely been thrown around, especially in like the past recent years. It's been such a big topic. And I understand why, because it just sounds incredible. It sounds like something that is truly magical, but unfortunately there's not really a definition about superfoods. And so when people use this, it's really more about the marketing aspects of foods or even the nutrients of certain foods or even food products. So, I mean, I guess in a sense that superfoods can't exist because of marketing, but by definition, there's not really a food or group of foods that are truly superfoods. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Some are better than others. But how would you define superfoods for kidney patients in this context? So to me, a superfood is something that has a lot of nutritional value that can benefit kidney patients. So it could be something related to the micronutrients or even the macronutrients that just helps kidney patients feel better and get the right nutrition for their body. I would be cautious about the things that are packaged and have a superfood label. Kidney patients can fall victim to these marketing ploys where they might promote a certain superfood benefit, but then they disregard and they kind of ignore the things that aren't so good. So an example of this would be like kombucha. So kombucha has been thought of as a superfood for quite a while now. People promote it as such a healthy drink. And it does have some great health benefits with things like probiotics in them, but they tend to ignore all of the added sugar that is put into kombucha to help offset the tang of the probiotics. So kombucha can also seem 
kind of like sodas or, or other sugary drinks because of their high sugar content. And that's not to say all kombuchas are like that, but this is just an example of how something could be labeled as a superfood. And again, ignoring the downside of things that aren't good for kidney patients. Yeah, absolutely. I always bring to mind like vegetarian or vegan, like in the refrigerator and then you look at it and you're like, oh, that's like all of my sodium for the day. <laughs> yeah, we we talk to kidney patients all the time. That's just something we, we get into in a lot of detail every day with patients about looking at those foods and they say, oh, this, you know, it's, it's nice and a bright green color. It's yeah, it's in the refrigerated section. And so it's something grab and go for me. It's convenient. It says plant-based and it has superfood, you know, nutrients or something in there. And then, yeah, we look at something like this added sodium or the saturated fat content. And we're like, well, you know, maybe that's something okay to have, but I wouldn't really rely on that too heavily because like you said, the sodium could be just way, way high. And that would then not make you feel good. It wouldn't be a superfood. Exactly. Now you mentioned micro and mac macronutrients, and I'm wondering if you can kind of break that definition down for us. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a really big thing when it comes to nutrition. So macronutrients are the three big nutrients of our diet. So think of them as like kind of the main components of the diet. We need more of them every day and we need each of them every day. So the three macronutrients are carbohydrates, protein, and fat. And you can generally hear about these from different kinds of food groups or categories, but this is where we get the majority of our nutrition and our calories from. Now, micronutrients, on the other hand, think of micro like small. These are nutrients that we still need, but on a smaller scale. So we're looking at things like potassium, magnesium, selenium, B12, vitamin C. I mean, there's a ton of micronutrients that are in our diet. And again, these are things that we do still need, but just not as much as grams of protein, for example. Awesome. Thanks for breaking that down for us. That makes a lot of sense. So many people with kidney disease are looking for that kind of quick fix or to cure and improve their function. Are there any foods that can do this? I wish I could say yes, honestly, because how much easier would it be for all of us to say, oh, just have this and you're good to go and you'll, you'll have great kidney health. But unfortunately, that's really not the case. And I'll say if you do find any product that is marketing that or promoting that, that's kind of a red flag in of itself because they don't have the cure for kidney disease. I think, you know, you speaking from the Kidney Foundation, we know that there's no cure for kidney disease. And so promoting that type of marketing is not the safest or healthiest. People are potentially marketing and targeting towards a person's fear of kidney disease. And they know that you're scared of kidney disease. So they say, hey, take this and this is going to help solve it. So be really, really careful if you do come across any products or food items or especially supplements that talk about being a quick fix and including these types of superfoods or super nutrients in them, because it's they might be looking at like one factor and then just really expanding it into this whole mentality of like, oh, this is going to fix everything for you. Or they maybe don't say it directly, but everything they do say leads you to think it's going to fix everything. So be really, really careful about marketers that are touting this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think it's always important if you see these things and you're interested, maybe take them to your healthcare professional. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Are you looking for inspirational kidney disease stories, kidney friendly recipes, and CKD dialysis or transplant lifestyle tips? 
check out National Kidney Foundation's blog at kidney.org slash blogs for all of that and more. That's kidney.org slash blogs. So we also know that people who have kidney disease, they all have different dietary needs, but are there some notable super nutritious foods, let's say, that are especially good choices for people who are living with kidney disease? Absolutely. And we could honestly have probably like a whole episode just about this topic or diving way into it because there are so many different types and I'll just kind of name a few to get the ball rolling and to give some, give people some ideas. Um, But don't think that these are the only ones because there are a ton. So one of my favorite ideas or my favorite options of foods that have a lot of nutrition, not necessarily superfoods, but super nutritious foods would be berries. And berries come, you know, and blueberries and strawberries and raspberries and boysenberries and gooseberries. Like, there's tons of variety there and they're so versatile. They can fit in so many ways into the diet. And because they typically are in that lower potassium quantity, as in a half a cup is going to be low potassium, pretty much everybody on a renal diet, whatever stage or situation you're in, can include something like berries in your diet because it will fit in very, very easily. And it's something that does provide a ton of nutrition, especially those micronutrients that I mentioned. It has a lot of great vitamins and minerals and antioxidants, which is very, very helpful for our body and our overall health. So berries is one example, but it's kind of a category, which I really, really love because it helps people customize it and think about what they enjoy most. That's also one of the really, really important things when it comes to adding food into your diet is to find things that are a balance between what's good for you and what you enjoy. And if you are a little imbalanced on either of those sides, it's not going to end up being as helpful for you. So another one that I love, and it's again, a broad category, which means you can kind of customize it are leafy green vegetables. This is something that most people don't get enough of in the day-to-day eating habits. And it's not necessarily something you have to have every single day, but having a couple servings a week is really, really helpful for our health. Again, these leafy green vegetables pack a lot of micronutrients. I mean, kale, for example, has antioxidants, vitamin C, vitamin K, even iron and calcium, which we don't always think of plants having those kinds of nutrients in them, but incorporating that in a few times a week can still give you those types of nutrients and benefits. Another example would be beets. And I think this is another superfood that gets like touted a lot in the the media. I've seen commercials about supplements with beets. And they're right in that beets do have really, really great antioxidant properties and are very, very helpful for our health. So I do think that's really great. Um, One of the nutrients that beets have is nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is something that helps our blood pressure. So including foods that are rich in nitric oxide, like beets, can help support healthy blood pressure. They also do have magnesium and uh, vitamin B6, and they do have potassium as well. So again, that's something to consider where you're at on this potassium spectrum for the renal diet, but beets can be a great way to add more flavor and add these nutrients into the diet. And again, you don't have to have them every single day, even like once a week or something to give yourself some variety is great. Yeah. Beets are great. Cause then you can also like make a food dye out of them. I think, which I just think is super, oh, super yeah. neat. Yeah. I've seen some great recipes about like red velvet cake, but using beets instead of the, the food coloring, which is 
one, just super cool to think about how they can use that in cooking, but then two, being able to add those nutrients in as well. It's just like an added bonus. Yeah, right. Um, did you have any more that you wanted to share? I will add one more, and this is another category again, but again, think of, think of this as your starting point and then modify it or, or choose kind of where you want to go from here. But nuts are a fantastic, super nutritious food. And there's all different kinds of nuts that have varying protein ranges, varying potassium ranges. But what they really provide that I enjoy for my patients are the healthy fats for one. So it's giving you a lot of the calories that come from fat. And a lot of our clients, a lot of our patients and students, they will talk about issues about not keeping weight on, about losing weight unintentionally because they're afraid to eat a lot of things. But uh, nuts are something that can provide a good amount of calories in a very small portion. So you don't have to eat a lot of them to get benefit from them. So I look at nuts like almonds or cashews. I think Brazil nuts are fantastic. Just one Brazil nut a day will cover your entire selenium need for the whole day. So it's a fantastic way to get in some of those micronutrients. And again, you don't have to think about a whole meal or even a whole snack. It just is, has to be part of it to get that benefit. Oh, that's really exciting. I did not know that about Brazil nuts and they are delicious. So <laughs> that is an added bonus. So are these food choices healthy no matter what stage of kidney disease you're at or you're on dialysis or if you're a transplant patient or is that something that you kind of need to work with your dietitian? Well, I'm always going to say, you know, talk with your dietitian about what's going to work best for you. And then, like I said before, the other part when it comes to figuring out this kind of healthier diet, healthier lifestyle, it does have to balance between what you enjoy and what's good for you. And again, if you're trying to focus too much on the things you enjoy, we might start, we might start focusing a little bit on some of those like sugary foods or maybe even fried foods, things that aren't so good for us, but they taste really good. Or if we try to focus only on what we should have, and I put that in parentheses because there's a lot of shoulds out there, but if you think of just the shoulds of your diet, that can lead to a lot of mental strain of thinking about all the things you can't have, and that creates a lot of stress and anxiety. And then if you don't eat exactly what's on your plan, that can also just create more problems for you because of that stress and anxiety that comes up. So finding that balance between both of what you enjoy and what you want to eat from a healthy renal diet is really, really important. Now, when it comes to the different stages, I'll also say that this is, from, for the most part, like I said before, any of these types of foods can be included in a variety of different kidney situations. Um, for transplant, I do think there's a little bit more to be cautious with because there's some immunosuppression, there's some medications, and there's some foods that will interact with medications. Like for example, the greens may interact with any blood thinning medications that you're on. Grapefruit and pomegranate are two fruits that do, they're talked about as being very super nutritious. I mean, there's a reason there was a grapefruit diet way back when, right? <laughs> but these types of things can also interact with medications. And when I say interact with medications, I mean, it could either make the medication work more, which is not necessarily a good thing, or it could prevent the medication from working. So either way, it's not going to allow the medication to do what it's supposed to be doing. 
So that is one consideration for people with dialysis and transplant situations. The other thing for transplant too is the raw foods. So things like unpasteurized juices, unpasteurized milk, you want to be really, really careful with that, or maybe even avoid that. And then make sure that you're washing, and this is for everybody, honestly, washing all of your produce, your fruits, your vegetables, making sure that you clean that really well, because Again, there's risk for bacteria or things that just shouldn't be in our food. And it's safe, healthy food safety for everybody to consider, but especially transplant patients. So can you actually explain how to best clean your fruit and vegetables? Because this is something I don't think many of us are taught. You like rinse it under the the sink and you're like, oh, it's clean. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, And I don't think it's something that, like you said, that even our parents like show us, like it's it's not something that's kind of come through the generations. Um, But really the easiest way to do it is to get a big bowl, fill it with water, add a splash of vinegar, just like regular white vinegar. And you can do some baking soda as well in there. And the interaction from those compounds will help remove debris. You can let it soak. You can stick your hand in the bowl and kind of swirl it around like your own little hand washing, washing machine. And then you just rinse them, you know, drain the water, rinse them really well. And then a really cool thing you can do too is um, salad spinners, I think are becoming a bit more of a popular thing. But you can throw your produce into a salad spinner and then just kind of pump that a few times to remove that extra water and make sure you dry the produce. So if you're washing a bunch of berries, put them on a paper towel after that, pat them dry, and then they'll actually keep longer. And that's the best part. They'll keep longer in your fridge because you've cleaned them really well. So and it kills the the bacteria and anything that's on there that could accelerate the um ripening process, I'll say. (laughs) So yeah, that's probably the the best way to do it. Um, But even just simple, at least, you know, rinsing underwater and soaking, like that's probably the bare minimum, but adding something like baking soda and vinegar can help kind of take that cleaning to the next level. Yeah, that's some really good advice, especially, you know, now as we we get these little updates that are like, oh, there's salmonella in your, in your fruit. So Yeah, exactly. And you never like you never want to be in that, you know, that notice. You don't want to get that email or that phone call from your store to say, hey, by the way. So just be safe and just assume that that's something always at risk because it is. And then you'll be good to go. I'm also wondering if you had any tips on how to keep your produce fresh for longer. That's something I always have struggled with. So I'm curious. Yeah, I think that's something. I mean, I I also can say I've had that issue before. I'm pretty sure there's a a carton of spinach in the back of my fridge that I'm not even going to. There's no saving it. It's done. (laughs) Throw it away without looking. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's just, you know, RIP. Sorry. Um, But I think one of the best things, uh, it kind of goes back to your planning, your prepping, your shopping, and that's don't overbuy. I think sometimes when people think about following a plant-based diet for kidneys, they think they have to buy like all the things and, you know, that can be really great and they're excited, but then they get all of it home. And then yeah, start, stuff starts to go bad because you just have so much of it and it's very difficult to keep up with. So that can really drain a person's motivation to stay on a diet that does promote kidney health with more plants. So right off the bat, don't buy as much. Stick to like two or three of your favorites, and it's also going to save you money, but stick to two or three of your favorites and then use those for the week. If you need to get more, then you need to get more, but at least you're not going to be throwing away more. 
So for some of the produce or some of the things you want to look at to use early on, think of the produce that is higher water content. So the ones that have higher water content are going to be the ones that go bad the fastest. And so we're thinking of things like strawberries and cucumbers, these kinds of things we know will get kind of soft or mushy earlier on compared to things that have lower water content like potatoes or onion or zucchini even. Zucchini is kind of in the middle, but it's definitely, it's not gonna go as bad as quick as strawberries are. So using the ones that are higher water content first and then go to the lower water content ones is another great way to kind of plan and prioritize and just to stick to a few of those things between you know your different your different shopping plans for the week that's going to help a lot too that's some really great advice and i'm also wondering let's say you're getting a canned vegetable or a um, frozen vegetable are these the same as fresh or are there things people should look out for well frozen is most often such a steal because they are, and when I say they, I mean the farmers and the companies that are that are making these products for us, they pick these vegetables or fruits at their ripe peakness. Like this is this is like the time to get them. And then they flash freeze them. They freeze them in a quick manner that captures all of those nutrients. And then it stays good for months, which is absolutely wonderful. So I think frozen is undoubtedly a fantastic option. And if you are grocery shopping and looking for some of these different type of nutrients or, or superfoods to add, frozen is a great option that doesn't give you that like, oh my gosh, I got to use it. I got to use it. It doesn't give you that stress. Now canned can also be fantastic. And I think it's actually a great secret for people on dialysis because the canning process can leach out potassium so many of the canned foods will be lower in potassium than their fresh counterparts. So that is definitely something to think about. And now that potassium is starting to be added to the food labels, it does give us more information there to look at that for patients and help them determine what's what works for them. Uh, that all being said, I would say with the canned foods, that is where added sugars and salts can pop up because of the preservation process and also you know, they might be adding more seasoning or whatever the case is. Sometimes they like to get a bit creative. So make sure you read the labels and look to see that there's the least amount of added sugar and maybe the lower sodium options. Those are going to be the better choices. I would never say have no salt added beans because that's an example of something that needs some salt. But there's a lot of great canned beans that are low in sodium and can fit into nearly anybody's diet, including dialysis. That's great. Those are some good tips. So if anyone's looking at canned, keep in mind sodium and added sugars. Mm -hmm. Too many kidney patients will spend the holidays fighting for their lives, isolated in a hospital room instead of surrounded by loved ones at the family table. Too many loved ones are still waiting for a transplant that may never come. Every day, the National Kidney Foundation is making life-changing progress in many areas of our critical work to help more loved ones get off the wait list, to help more Americans understand their risk and get diagnosed sooner, to keep more families whole. But we can't do it without you. Please make a special holiday gift today by visiting kidney.org slash holiday dash support slash pod. That's kidney.org slash holiday dash support slash pod. Link is in the description. So, 
I'm kind of curious, are there other ways that people can integrate all these amazing foods into their diet? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the great things about fruits and vegetables like this is we can look at them from different meals to different types of meals. And I, it, it just, I can't even say how many ways there are. It's, there are so many ways and can be really, really fun. But one of the easiest things I like to go to are like smoothies because a lot of us are very, very busy and we need to be up and running out to work, out to our appointments, out to our life. So doing something like a smoothie is an easy way to get a lot of different nutrients or try some things or use up the stuff that's going to be going bad. Just tossing that into a blender with your milk of choice, maybe a little bit of ice if you want. Although you don't have to do ice, especially if you do like the frozen fruits, because that's already cold. Um, but but something like a smoothie can be great. And let's say you do want to get some beets into your diet, but you're like not crazy about the taste. Doing a, a half a cup of beets into a berry smoothie, for example, is an easy way to kind of sneak it in. You won't even taste it because it'll be covered by the other flavors. But I'm telling you that color, like we said before, like that color is just going to be super pretty and very much engaging. And, and it makes us want to enjoy it more because it looks so pretty. So finding something like that you can easily incorporate into your diet is great. Another thing is to don't be afraid to pair, let's say, vegetables like snap peas or something with like a dip. Some people say, oh, you know, ranch isn't good for you or you can't have, you know, certain dressings. And sure, you want to look at things like added phosphorus or the added phosphates in there. But the way I see it is if you find a good dressing and it's encouraging you to eat more vegetables, there is no wrong here. That is a really, really great thing because ultimately most people need to get more fruits and vegetables anyway. And so when we're looking at that, I say, yes, hundred percent. If we find a good, a good salad dressing that you enjoy and it helps you enjoy more vegetables, absolutely do that. That's going to be really, really easy. And correct me if I'm wrong. This was something I saw on TikTok. So you know how that. Oh, let's talk. <laughs> um, but a salad dressing with like some of that added fat can actually help you absorb the nutrients in um, fruits and vegetables. Is that true? Yep, absolutely. So this is one of those things where it's not necessarily the dressing itself, but it's the ingredient. And the ingredients here that we're talking about are the fats. So we do like to go for healthy fats or healthy oils. So finding a dressing that's like avocado oil, avocado oil or olive oil based, those are really, really great options. And it's that fat from the oil that actually helps us absorb vitamins A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K. Those are our fat soluble vitamins. So by including fats, we're actually absorbing more of the nutrients. So yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> TikTok wins this round. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, this has all been really great information. And I know that you mentioned, you know, some foods like grapefruit, maybe not aren't the best for kidney patients. Are there any other foods in quotation superfoods that people with kidney disease may want to be mindful of or, you know, just straight up avoid? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, for one, there's a lot of, oh, I don't know about a lot, that's kind of subjective, but there's definitely some people out there who talk about like sprouts and using like these microgreens to boost nutrition value for like sandwiches and things. And while that can be true, sprouts, for example, are one of the higher risk foods to get foodborne illness from because 
if you think about it, like sprouts, if you've ever seen them, it's just very tiny, tiny pieces, very wiry. And there's some dirt kind of on the bottom. If you get like a package that that's already kind of like laid out there and it's very, very difficult to clean. And because of that, it's not always advised, especially again for immunocompromised patients. Uh, but in general, sprouts, I don't think the I don't think the pros really outweigh the cons for our kidney community. And another one that I would say to be careful about is licorice. And I'm talking about natural licorice, not like the, you know, the, the red candies that we see, but the foods that have or, or candies or even teas that have natural licorice in them. Licorice can impact our potassium levels. It can make them drop really, really low. Um, and that's not necessarily a good thing, even if even for those that do have high potassium, because it's very uncontrolled and it can lead to problems with low potassium. And just like there's problems with high potassium, there's problems with low potassium for our body as well. So licorice is something I say, be really, really careful about. Uh, talk with your doctor, talk with your healthcare provider. If it's something that you do want to enjoy, just to make sure they're aware and they might want to change your lab draw routine or even make adjustments to your medication to accommodate that as well. And then the final one, which I hope is not news to anybody, but I can't not say it, uh, is starfruit. Starfruit is something that kidney patients, I we say, do not have starfruit. It has a neurotoxin in it that cannot be filtered and therefore can be harm, harmful, if not deadly, to kidney patients. So you might see people on social media talking about starfruit, promoting it in you know, drinks. I've even seen coffee companies uh, talk about starfruit in their drinks. So any product that has starfruit in it, it's really, really important to avoid that despite any type of super nutritious promotion they're, they're selling. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it really harkens back to the whole, be aware of marketing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, all of this has been really amazing. A lot of great tidbits in here. Is there anything else that you would like to share about a plant-based diet or plant foods that you think that would be helpful for our patients to hear? Yeah, I think one of the biggest misconceptions, and this is especially for CKD, that is not dialysis or transplant. I'm talking about like those earlier stages is to not write yourself off into a quote unquote renal diet right away. And the reason I say that is because a lot of the things related to a renal diet can talk about avoiding or limiting foods. And for any person, even outside of any renal issues, we never want to talk about avoiding or eliminating foods because foods provide a lot of things for us. And it's not just about nutrition, but it's also about our life. And there's a lot of cultural and family connections and even like emotional and comfort connections to food. So as best as possible, try not to write anything out of your diet, especially the food that you enjoy, or if it is something that you know isn't really good for you, making a little bit of tweaks to make it a little bit better for you so you can still enjoy it, but then also keep your kidneys healthy is really the best way to go. So make sure that you are well-educated and understand what it means to be on your renal diet, not just a renal diet. Yeah, the personalization is so important because, you know, thinking about just even if you're on a diet and you go hardcore and then the cookies call your name and you accidentally eat the whole box because <laughs> you haven't had a cookie in a month. Exactly. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you for being here. I had a, a great time speaking with you um, and I hope everyone else 
you know, got some great tips from this. Of course, Marlena. It was so nice to talk with you again. And thank you so much for having me. We end each episode giving a shout out to a kidney patient who's celebrating a major milestone. In August of 2021, Tilia received the life-saving gift of kidney donation. Congratulations on two years kidney strong, Tilia. Wishing you many more. Thank you for listening. Do you have any questions? Email us directly with your comments and suggestions at nkfpodcasts at kidney.org. We hope you will join us next time. And from all of us at NKF, we wish you good health.